Absolute Geek Podcast. It's Thursday night in Phoenix, and you're listening to the Absolute Geek Podcast. My name is Matt. And I'm Kyle. And we are back. Survived uh, Phoenix Comic Con. Barely. Barely. Just barely survived Phoenix Comic Con. Matt almost got shot there. I did. So, yeah, let's just fucking jump right into it, I guess. Um, This past weekend at Phoenix Comic Con, I'm sure you've all heard by now, on Thursday there was a man arrested by the name of Matthew Sterling at Phoenix Comic Con. He somehow slipped through the doors, past security, and he had on him a shotgun, three handguns, I believe. Three handguns. A tactical knife, mace, and a fucking throwing star. He had a machete. Did he have a machete too? It was a machete and throwing stars. See, because I've heard tactical knife, and I heard I heard that he had pepper spray, and then a throwing star. And this is what and this is what we've been dealing with all weekend at the convention. Is you're here and you're hearing these pockets of information, and even through the media, you're hearing pockets of different information. So you're not really sure what is is going on, like. The initial reports on Thursday, this guy was calling himself Rambo. <laughs> and then come Friday morning, he's the Punisher. The guy had, he had a tactical bulletproof vest on. Mm-hmm. He was taking pictures of police officers. He said he was setting, um, he was prepared to protect him and his friends from what he called Aphroditic police officers, which were evil police officers pretending to be good cops. He was willing to protect him and his friends for whatever reason for all that and that was what we heard Thursday going into the convention this happened Thursday morning early when the convention opened and we really didn't get much more information on it until Friday when he went from Rambo to the Punisher and uh, and then um, you come to find out that he was targeting Mighty Morphin Power Rangers star Jason David Frank um, apparently he even had a reminder in his phone to kill JDF on Thursday. Now, I, I have to stop it right there. This is something that he's been planning. It's just, in his mind, he stabbed him, the Green Power Ranger, 15 years ago, and he was coming back to finish it. Do you See, re- I've heard three different years. I've heard 19, I've heard 15, and I've heard 13. I read, in, I read on two different ones it was 15, so okay. I'm just sticking with 15. All right, that... Whatever, like I said, it doesn't fake it, news. It never even fucking had. Right. It wasn't even fake news. I mean, unless Fox and NBC were doing fake news. Yeah. I mean, that's where I read it. I didn't read it. I didn't read anything about this guy outside of what they were reporting on the news itself. So mm-hmm. I wasn't getting it from you know GloryFoxhole.com or. Well, no, because it like Bleeding Cool and Comic Book Resources and all these other sites. They were getting it the information out quicker than the news was so like that's where everyone started reading this from was you know you're getting them the pop-ups on facebook of you know man tries to kill jdf at phoenix comic-con and from bleeding cool and all these other nerd news sources and it was just coming like the news was coming fast and furious i i went with the news that was on tv on tv where they called people fags my (laughs) it wasn't that funny (laughs) yeah um i would do you, I, after, what I was going to say was after a decade, we'll just go with the decade. That's fair. That, 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 you know, a decade to a decade and a half. Do you really need to set a reminder in your phone right? to kill him? Yeah. I mean, you've, you've had, you've had 
umpteen days, months, hours, years to plan this. Do you really need to? Do you really need that reminder in front of this? Bing! Oh yeah, I gotta kill the Green Power Ranger. Yeah, it, but it it got. And why did he buy a four day pass? Yeah, right. Is it, it is it so he wasn't? You only need a one day. Yeah. Oh, you only need a one day Thursday pass. pass. The Green Ranger will know I'm trying to kill him. I guess maybe it was because in case he couldn't get what he wanted on one day, he had three more days to try. I mean, did you hear how he actually got caught? Yeah, he was sending Facebook messages to a girl in California, and she was like, this isn't right. And she called the California police, who then in return called the Phoenix police. She's like a singer or something. Is she? Yeah, and oh. like they had met after like a concert, hmm. and they were Facebook friends, and she was just seeing it, and she was like, this is not cool. Yeah, and she called <laughs> the police in, in California and then they called Phoenix PD and luckily Phoenix PD caught this dude in the convention center on the second floor. He was on the third floor. A third floor, was, reading a... He made it all the way to... The, reading a program guide. He needed nowhere to go. <laughs> and he... Uh, the cops pursued him automa- like immediately um, took his hands out of the equation because he had guns all over him. He had full... Every gun was, was fully loaded. Um, and I guess a struggle ensued, and he ripped the badge off one of the cops. But they luckily, they arrested him. But it, it's just crazy that he got that far. It, and really, the, the, the story is... It, gets, it evolved over the weekend and got really crazy because when we all first heard it at the convention, he only had a shotgun, two handguns... Or three handguns. And he wanted to, he was taking pictures of police officers and he was intending to hurt police officers. Then Friday comes and it was, he wanted to kill Jason David Frank. Mm -hmm. Then Saturday comes and I guess he had his first official court appearance on Friday or Saturday or some shit. And Saturday comes and then it was, he wanted to kill JDF, he wanted to kill Aphrodite cops, and then he wanted, he said there would be bloodshed. And like this whole week it's been crazy for me not, you know... His cat called me and said he wanted to get hunt down <laughs> other people named Matt. Yeah, he's fucking stupid. <laughs> but, I mean, it is. Like, I was sitting there, I'm like, you know, it's crazy because it really makes you look at things. Because you're like, man, if this guy, if this woman wouldn't have turned in this kid, how many of these people would be dead, myself included? Because I was in that line at 8 o'clock on Thursday night waiting to get his autograph. But he was caught. No, I know. But if he didn't get caught? But if he didn't get caught. What was his first signing that day on Friday? 8 o'clock. Oh, it was 8 o'clock Thursday night, yeah. Damn. So. You were in line? I was in line. Without paying to, for an yep, autograph? because I didn't know. I thought, because most autographs you could normally pay at the booth. <laughs> but for some reason they weren't letting you do that this year. It was fate telling you to wait so till Friday. I was standing there in line and one of the kids said, hey, did you, did you prepay? And I was like, no. He was like, well, you, you have to. Yeah, that's what I said. I was like, can't you pay at the booth? He's like, I don't know. He's like, they're telling me you have to prepay. So I went to the line to prepay and, and got it for Friday. But just thinking, like, I was in that line. I was in that area at that time. You were marked for death. That he was going to do that. I, I don't know. Like, I'm not playing, trying to play any sympathy or anything like that. I'm just saying it's, it's a crazy situation to think that if this kid didn't, if this woman didn't dime him out. Well, I wouldn't really say I mean, dime him I out. I wonder if he would have, like, shot his way to the front. I see, I don't or know. would he just pull out a gun and just been like... It would be like the beginning of Pulp Fiction. Yeah. I, Any of you motherfuckers move! Cool, because then it was also... He was willing to kill 
as many cops as it took for him to get to JDF. Good thing you're not a cop. Right. You would have so, dove in front of fucking the Green Power Rangers. I don't think, I don't know what I would have done. You would take. You know, people are like, we live in a right to carry state where you can open carry and concealed carry without Except a permit. Except the convention center. Right. But you have all these people that are like, oh, you know, you always, when situations like this happen, like theater shootings and shit, you have people that are like, oh, well, I'll just pull on my gun and shoot this motherfucker. No, like you're not shit trained to do that. So fa- yeah. Yes, you're not trained to do your that. First, so- your first instinct is to run the fuck away. Run, and duck and hide. Yeah, do whatever it takes. T- you're going to push women and children out of the way to make <laughs> sure you live, you know? That's your first instinct is is to flee. To, to flight, yes. Yeah, it's to make sure that your person is in a secure place. Get the fuck out of here. And it's just, it's fucking- just crazy. <laughs> Fucking running, fucking knocking little kids over and shit. Yeah. So I mean, I'm sure you guys have by now. It's it made national news. You guys yeah, have it was heard everywhere. all this shit. But what you're gonna get from us is the inside look at what it did to the convention, because it took the convention and turned it into kind of a shit show. Well, let's back it up a little bit. Um, we've gone to this con- convention year after year. Yes, and. I'll ha- I'll admit it. I'll be the first to admit it. Prior to that dude walking in with a bunch of guns, I'm surprised it hasn't happened before. Well, because how many times have you had to open your backpack prior to that to right. this weekend? Never. Right. You just walked in that motherfucker. Mm-hmm. No wands. No checking. No nothing. Well, that's and that's what Jason David Frank is doing now. Is he's he's saying we need more security at con- Comic Cons because. It's a it, and I I said it. Who did, I think I said it to Dan when we were going. Um, that's the perfect fucking place. If you're gonna pull something off, a comic con would be the perfect place because it's a large group of people and there's little to no security. I don't know. There's a lot of cardboard protection there. It's not like like San Diego. You go through a metal detector. You scan your badge on a metal detector as you walk through. Yeah. So you know. Same as WonderCon. Yeah. It's just that you don't it, yeah like you said it it was relatively easy to get into this convention especially for him yeah because remember like last year all you did is just walk in and remember there's every you know every time you walk in somewhere there was so many people it wasn't like that this year because they were it was since it was fucking a line con just to get in it wasn't like that but like last year remember like you left to get a drink or get something to eat. And you came back in, and there were so many people walking in and out. It was a huge crowds of people yeah. that you were you were like nuts to butts, right. fucking trying to get through. And they weren't searching everybody. They're just people were just standing there. Well, this convention, we can take it back even further. This year's convention has been a shit show since January, since they announced that they were going to do away with the um, volunteers and that you had to join this group and pay dues to potentially be a volunteer and then they canceled that to saying okay we're going to pay our volunteers but thursday there was nobody thursday when you walked in you had someone stationed at the escalators making sure you had a badge that was it that was fucking it and you went down and went in the convention remember the years past they had people at doors Mm -hmm. everywhere thursday there was nothing friday they changed that they brought in extra security because they were forced to Mm -hmm. by the phoenix pd but Thursday, even after all that happened, it was the smoothest day. It was the nicest day to be at the convention. But then Saturday, but then Friday came. Friday was a shit show, and it was a mess. 
two to three hour wait to get inside. You had to be have your bags checked. See, it worked out good for me on Friday because I got there. See, they gave out the, the con opened at 10. Registration to get your badge opened at 9. I got there at like, God, what would I start messaging? Like 8.20 in yeah. the morning. So I, I got there at like 8.20. I got in line. I waited in line for 40 minutes because nothing was open because... And I, I, as soon as they opened the doors for registration, I walked in. There was I got my media badge. There was nobody in line for media badges, mm-hmm. so I walked in. There was, I got my badge and I walked. So I, I actually didn't have to walk out and get in line. Like I walked out once and I was like, "Oh fuck, there's a line." Yeah. So I started to walk back in and the lady was like, "You can't come in. You got to get in line." I was like, "Remember, I I just walked out." And she's like, "Oh, that's right. Go ahead." So I turned around and I walked back in. I said, fuck that, I'm not leaving this the area and I'm just gonna stand by this fucking escalator because there was a like a, if you were at the Hall of Heroes to walk in, there was windows on each side because you're crossing from one to the other. I remember looking that's probably with you, or no, I was with Dan. I'd look to the left and the, there was a fucking crazy line yeah. for registration. You looked on your right and there was a crazy line to get into the convention with people that had passes. I was like well, because I walked in, and when I got to the line to get in, there were, like, media and people who have panels come to the front. So I went to the front, and this fucking fat lady with the Girl Scouts <laughs> was like, You can't cut in front of me. We're keeping our Girl Scout group together. I was like, I'm media, ma'am. They just told me to come to the front. I don't care. And everyone's like, hey, this guy's cutting. I was like, I'm fucking media. Like, they told me in the line, if you're media, come to the front. Or have a panel, come to the front to get your shit checked and yeah friday was nuts with the bag check like friday was the only day of the convention that i had a thorough bag check though like was thoroughly checked like i when i walked in they they i opened my bag and they looked in it and they said okay you're fucking nerd you have comics in here and actually they didn't even i opened it up i actually had a box inside of it that had my comics in it Mm -hmm. so like they had no idea what was in that box right like, I could have brought... Any, I still could have snuck any fucking thing I wanted to in there. Right. Because I didn't open every bag up. My backpack has fucking 600 pockets in it. Mine too. But I opened it up, they saw a box, and they said, you know, fucking nerd, you probably have comics in it. No, they didn't say that. But they just said, go ahead. Then they wanted me. And then I walked in and got in line, but... Yeah, and that was a fucking... That was a shit show for me. Because they, like you said, they opened every single pocket and and zipper in my backpack, looked through it. Okay, send me through. I made me take everything out of my pockets, wanted me. I have a steel rod in my my left leg from a snowmobile accident. So they were wanting me down, and they get to my left leg, and it goes off. It's never sent anything, set anything off. Like, even when I go through the airport, it doesn't send anything off. Like, they get there, and it goes, beep. I'm like, what do you have in your pockets? I was like, nothing. I turn my pockets inside out. He does it again. Beep. She's like, you got something in your, in you, or, you know, on you. I go, no, I have a steel rod in that leg, but I don't have anything on me. And he does it. Beep. Again. I was like, do you want me to fucking drop my pants right here so you can see? And he's like, that's not necessary. The attitude isn't necessary. <laughs> I go, I'm not giving you attitude. I said, I'm legitimately just trying to get in this convention, and you keep beeping the same spot. I was like, pat me down. So he patted me down, and he was like, all right, go ahead. And he let me in. So then I get up to the third floor when I'm supposed to be going to get this shit done take and, and get autographs and stuff and I get to the door 
and the guy's like, we can't let media in. Media can't be let in without a Comic-Con You got escort. all the way to the third floor? Yeah. I thought that happened outside when no. you were texting me and saying, no. what the fuck? I thought... Like when you had like we were walking, remember you pointed him out. You said, "There's that motherfucker that went yeah. me in, fat bastard." I thought he was outside and he had fucking waddled his way up to the third floor. I didn't know he, <laughs> I didn't know this happened at the door to get into yeah. the fucking. Yep. Holy shit! So I got up to the third floor. I was trying to get in the hall, the hall of heroes. Because like, we can't get in media. I mean, we were told not to let media in without a comic con escort. It's like, what the fuck do you mean? And he's like, can't get in. And there's this other girl with there that was media with me. And she's like, what are you, she's like, I'm missing my panel right now because you won't let me in. I'm missing interviews I'm supposed to be conducting right now because you won't let me in. And he was like, sorry, got to talk to my boss. And all he did was hand us a piece of paper with someone to call. So I tried calling both numbers, got voicemail, left them a voicemail, and nothing happened. And he was like, you can talk to my boss. I was like, good, get your fucking boss over here. And here comes this fucking um, Beau- Beauregard-looking motherfucker. This dude was like <laughs> 700 pounds, comes waddling over in his fucking blue shirt sweating smelling like bacon grease bacon grease what uh what seems to be the issue I go I'm media I have things to do you're making me miss this stuff in these signings and taking pictures and things like that because you won't let me in and he's like well they're they told us you have to have an escort why I've never had to have an escort before and he's like it says right here that if you want extended hours to the convention, you have to have an escort. I was like, yes, extended hours. It says if, if you want to enter the con before it opens or after it closes, you need to be accompanied by a chaperone. Th- that's fine. This is general time. It, the con is open. Let me in. It's no what that says. I was like, dude, it's reading comprehension. It, it's reading comprehension. That's all it is. And so we stood there, and I, I sat there for maybe – a fucking good 30 minutes i was yeah. pissed and i i looked to the guy and i go do you and this is the first time i've ever done this <laughs> i go do you know i am the host of one of the top 10 podcasts in in phoenix <laughs> you know that someone pulled out the swagger i did card. i did and i've never done it before and i'll never do it again but i was like you know that i'm gonna i'm gonna talk about this and people are gonna hear this and it's not going to look good on he you. He didn't give a shit. No, he didn't. Not even, Fuck. Fucking not not even, even a little, little bit. bit. <laughs> not even a little bit. Which hurt my pride a little bit, but I was like, whatever. I was the dickhead for saying it, and I, I admit it. <laughs> but regardless, I pulled it. and he Fucking was, popped your collar and yeah, everything. He was like, whatever. And then so the, as I'm doing that, the other girl finally got the, the director of media, I think, or uh-huh. on, on the phone, and she comes storming. Why aren't we letting media in? What's going on here? Well, we were told in our our meeting this morning not to let the media. No, that's extended hours. Extended hours. The con after the con or before the con opens, after it closes. It's general admission. Media is general admission. Let them in. Stop what you're doing. You are calling these guys to. You're holding them up. Let them in. And so finally, I got in. But then I went to go to the JDF line and stood there (laughs) for fucking like two hours. Two hours fucking this woman in front of me had the worst fucking breath <laughs> this guy behind me smelled like he just shit his pants and there was a dude to the left of me that smelled like he hasn't never heard of the word deodorant <laughs> and i'm like oh my god like i want to fucking shoot myself i was so angry i know i was, I was so standing, angry i was standing in the middle of the aisle saying matt hey matt how you doing buddy and you wouldn't even fucking no, look at dude, me i was so angry I was my 
feelers were hurt. I was so angry. And his his autograph signing was supposed to be at 10.30. And then they're like, well, it's going to be 11.15. Yeah, he was scared. He thought someone was going to kill him. And then they came back and said, well, we have to wait till he finishes his photo line before he can come sign autographs. And they just kept letting people come to the photo line. And so I sat there for probably two and a half, three hours in line, not moving, waiting for this fucking autograph. <laughs> it was just... I, I, I walked the con probably like, I don't know, like eight times. But because of... So one of the biggest problems I had this year with Phoenix Comic Con 2 was the lack of communication. And we, every we, but it was even worse this year because we were supposed to do a podcast from there Friday. Yes, we were. They were supposed to have a podcast. They sent out an email. Hey, we got this awesome podcast area set up for you. We got everything you need. Schedule a time. Come podcast right from the Phoenix Comic Con. Get the sights and sounds of Phoenix Comic Con. Bring your guests there. Do it all here. Do it live. Let people hear your voice. And there was nothing. Nothing. They have no con support except for the stupid people that they hire for security. They, they need to have somebody stationed at different areas in the convention to give you information that works for the convention. What I asked three people. Yeah. Remember, the what I, the first person I asked, they told me, look, uh, look at the thing. There's an app. It's an yeah. app, the app right here. The Show app was where. pointless. There was times where thing, the panels were canceled. They didn't tell anybody. Um, there was Kristen, who you've heard on the podcast before. She's on the D&D podcast. She was saying that she had problems getting into the Dick Van Dyke panel to take pictures. Uh-huh. They weren't letting her in because she didn't she didn't pre-purchase a ticket. It was pre-purchased a ticket only, but media should have still been able to go in and take pictures and then leave. They weren't letting her do that. That they put that I guess out on Facebook like an hour before the um, the panel started that it was a ticketed event. Otherwise nobody knew. So it's just that lack of communication and they're like, "Well, you have the the brochure that doesn't fucking tell you nothing. It, that communication too is i think where they need to dial it in also is because like when you were trying to take pictures of the media guests so, so that we could talk about it and do our write-up for it and everything that we need to do they stopped you yep but i have other people that were i see other people that were standing in the same spots we were taking pictures that took pictures so it just it depended on who walked up and i think that's so hard is that that's I think that's what they need to do is whoever is on what floor, they need to keep those people there, have somebody, like you said, in charge that has all the answers that can relay everything. Yeah. Because, you know, guy A says no, guy B says yes. How, how can we accomplish what we need to accomplish if, if, we, can't, if, if we can't do it? Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, we should have been able to take pictures of Booger and talk about them. Right. We sh- you know what I mean? We should have been able to do that. We sh- we should have been able to fucking... We should have been able to take pictures to see the pirate. We should have been able to get into Vic Dad, Dick Van Dyke. We mm-hmm. should have been... You know what I mean? Like, we should have been able to do those things. Right. How can we truly be able to report on things if we can't? Right. Exactly. Because what Kyle was referring to is Saturday... Was it Friday or was it Saturday? It was Saturday. No. Was it Saturday? I can't remember what day it was. But I was I was in the convention and I was taking pictures of the talent and as media suppose it can do and they're like, Oh, you can't take pictures, you gotta pay for those. What do you mean? I'm not getting a selfie. I'm fucking taking a picture. Mm-hmm. They don't want pictures in their lines. They you gotta pay for it at the table. I'm fucking media. I am covering the convention. 
I don't have to pay for a picture. I'm not getting a fucking selfie. I'm five feet away from this dude with a telephoto lens. Like, I'm just taking a picture for my article and coverage. Can't do that. So either you go to the table and pay or you get out of here and I'm going to pull your badge. And I said, dude, you're you're lying security. You're not pulling anybody's badge. You should. You know what you should have done? You should have told him you were in the top ten podcasts. Yeah, right. <laughs> he wouldn't give a fuck either. No, my no, ego no. would be hurt twice. No, nobody fucking cares. But, you know, again, we can't do anything that we're... We're giving these privileges. We're giving these badges to cover the convention. We can't do that. Yeah. Because of the hysteria that one man caused. And the lines were so long to get in, so backed up all weekend that panels were getting canceled... Uh, photo op and, and autograph times were getting changed. Like the app was doing a good job of keeping that. Like you updated on that. After the app didn't tell me the information that I needed, I didn't. Yeah, but it didn't tell us. Like we got that email about the podcast area. We we looked Thursday and Friday for it. Mm-hmm. Couldn't find it. There was supposed to be t- people there at times. So nobody podcasting. We wouldn't know if it got moved because nobody knew. You know. I asked three people. I- you figured third time's a charm? It wasn't. I wandered down to the information desk. They're like, oh, well, that says there's supposed to be a setup outside of the Hall of Heroes, and it's supposed to have mics and everything. There's nothing. Yeah, there was nothing there. Nothing. And so I was like, okay. That's why I think that one of the things they have to have is they need to have, like, an information center or one person or staff that know what they're talking about roaming, I can't talk, roaming the floors for you to say, hey, I have a question. Instead of going, oh, well, here's your crappy brochure, here's the app, because a lot of this information wasn't on either of those. Yes. And it was I just... I mean, it's, it's nice that Phoenix has made that stride to do an app. I think that was awesome. I think I'm hopefully they they learned with, uh, you know, the, the trial and errors of what they came across this year at the app. Like the at WonderCon and San Diego Comic-Con, those fucking apps are fucking spot on. Yeah. Like it's it's they don't unlock the information until it's ready, but when it's ready, I mean it's it's on point. But where Phoenix is kind of trying to take a book or a page out of Comic Con International, the book, and use social media as a means to let people know what's going on. Because when you're at San Diego, Twitter is your best friend. Yeah. Because just because the the artist or guest you want to see, like we said before, isn't named in the brochure, doesn't mean they're not there. You just have to pay attention to Twitter, Mm -hmm. to their Twitter and their company's Twitter to see where they're going to be and when they're going to be signing. Phoenix tried to do that, too, but they're not tuned enough to do that yet. I think I think they have. I think I'm hoping what they they spend this next year doing is is tuning in it like before, even before Fan Fest this fall. There's major changes they need to make. They need to make security changes. They need to. You know, I think they need to put information booths or, or hire people that have information or at least have a walkie-talkie that they can walkie-talkie a central person that that's in charge. Because you don't see, like, the event organizers or anything like that. They're off somewhere hidden. And you should have at least people that have a walkie-talkie that can get in touch with these people and say, hey, this person wants to know this. What's the story? Mm-hmm. You know, to, to, help, to alleviate some of the frustrations. And... If you're going to put, I, I agree with Jason David Frank, there needs to be, and you said it too, there needs to be security measures put in place, metal detectors, something put in place when you go into a convention because it's too easy to pull something off. Yeah. I mean, you, you you walk to a metal detector to go to a basketball game. Right. You walk to a metal detector to go to a football game. 
you walk through a metal detector to go to a concert, why not walk through a metal detector to go to Phoenix Comic or to Comic Con? Right. There's nothing wrong with that. I would prefer that. You just walk through. Yep. Scan your badge and go. Yep. There's there's people standing there. There's a bunch of people standing at the, you know, at the metal detectors, and you, you walk through. And if it beeps, man, they fucking they pull you out of line. And you fucking you show them what you got. Yep. End yep. of story. And I I agree with that wholeheartedly. Where the other issue came in is the knee jerk reaction to pull all props. All cosplaying props, guns, I knives, that was sabers. A extreme. I did too, and it pissed off a lot of cosplayers. I, I could see, I could see taking away like airsoft guns. I could see taking away maybe like paintball guns. Yeah, anything that would actually shoot some type of projectile. I could see that. I mean, I think airsoft guns is, is a little bit extreme as well. But I, you know what I mean. I get it. If it shoots a projectile. Let's call it quits. If it's a if it's a sharp sword, let's. I agree with you, but a cardboard sword, let that motherfucker in. Yeah. Wand it if it fucking doesn't beep when you go through the metal detector. Yeah, you're good. J- any cosplay made prop, anything like that. Like, if it's made out of foam, it, you're you're probably okay. Right. You know, you might get poked in the eye, but I think you're all right. Even a lightsaber, like, what are you worried about? It's a real lightsaber, like. You know, let them in. Why? Why do you ban all this stuff? It hurt cosplaying so much. Where I think the only way I can really describe the air in that convention is deflated. It was a very deflated convention because normally when you go to Famous Con, I called it watered down. Yeah, that's that's what the con was to me. It felt watered down. You normally see people excited to be there, happy, ready to go, energized, and and cosplay everywhere. And Phoenix Comic Con is usually a good place for cosplay. Saturday, you really saw no cosplay. People didn't seem excited. People seemed run down. They were tired. They were thirsty. They didn't want to, you know, all I heard in line with people griping about trying to get in and security. And, you know, some people did the best they could with what they were they handed. I saw, like I said, I saw a, a lo- old man Logan with fucking um, Slim Jim claws. I just shook my head. When I seen Edward scissor hands with those scissor hands. With sporks? There's nothing sadder than seeing a Jason Voorhees walking around with a severed head, but no machete. Right. That's, that's just sad. I saw a stormtrooper with a sign around his neck that said, um, pew, pew, pew. no, it said, uh, I'm a crappy shot. So the empire took my blasters. Yeah. I saw that. Um, there was people from the video game overwatch that had cardboard cutouts that said pew, pew, pew on them. Um, there's another, uh, I think taking away foam and cardboard props, I think that was, uh, it, I think that was a little overkill. overboard. Yeah. And then forcing the vendors, and I guess there was poor communication with the vendors, because on Friday, because of all the the bullshit, they were like, "Well, we're going to keep the vendor hall open an extra hour and a half." And I guess they never told vendors that; they just announced it, so the vendors found out at the same time we all did. And then they were asking weapons vendors to. Um, seal their their weapons. I could see the the, the, the real swords and stuff. Yeah. I could see sealing those up, but not putting a lightsaber. Not you, you shouldn't have to seal that up. I mean, the most that's going to happen is they're going to hit somebody in the face, but they're not going to kill anybody. Yeah. So a vendor got was asked to leave Comic Con on Saturday because they asked to um, because of all the the stipulations put in place. They asked to get their money back and leave the convention. And they were told no. 
and then they were told that they have to put their their weapons in garbage bags and they made the the um, argument that we sell high class items we don't want to just put them in garbage bags but they were complying because i was seeing people buying these lightsabers with garbage bags over them all weekend all day friday and all day saturday but or well all day friday before they got kicked out friday night but they were taking them out you can't do anything about people removing them from the bag once they leave your booth yes you can't do anything about that's not their fault but there's two sides to every story and those two are going back and forth the the saber company saying that phoenix kicked them out without giving them a refund and phoenix is saying no we gave a refund on the spot out 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 front of the convention yeah they were just handing out flyers oh flyers I wanted to flights. I thought they were handing out no, lightsabers. No, no, no. They were handing out flyers oh, on uh, on that Saturday. That sucks. I thought they were handing out lightsabers. No. I was like, was like, fuck, man. I want a lightsaber. They were just handing out flyers telling everyone what happened. And they said that Phoenix didn't pay, refund them. Phoenix is saying that they refund them on the spot. So it's still, and called it propaganda. I don't, it was just a giant, it was just a giant mess. And all weekend was a giant mess. And... It was to the point where Saturday, like Saturday, I went late in the afternoon. Didn't even check my bag. They shook it and were like, "Okay, go." Wow, what is that doing? They're making it look like an effort. Yeah, I think my biggest, I think what's happening with Phoenix Comic Con is it's not a comic con anymore. It's it's, it's drift, a pop culture. It's convention. a pop, and, and it and that's great. And I'm and I'm happy that they're expanding it to attract more people there but I think what they're doing is they're losing a lot of their and don't get me wrong us fucking comic nerds are a small portion of anything yeah but that is the core of a comic convention they have to find that happy medium that that San Diego has that New York has and that even some of these other smaller conventions they're able to find San Diego and New York don't have a happy medium they're just everybody's there it's just what it is. Well, right, I know, but I'm just saying, like, even these smaller conventions, like Dallas Con, even though from what we've heard, it was a shitty, it was shittily thrown together, and there was no organization to it. They had a happy medium between media guests and comic guests that you wanted to see. Phoenix didn't even really have. They had what um, Finch uh-huh. and Rabman, which are two. You know, there are two people on new Rebirth books, but they had Jim Shooter there, which is kind of cool, but. I've already had my stuff signed by right. Jim Shooter. You know, they it was a it was a hodgepodge of people that have been there in the past, local talent. That that was my biggest thing is, it was really driven with local talent that we've just seen a few weeks ago at New Comic Book Day events, and then you had a couple of of good people, but that was it. And it wasn't. They need to find that happy medium between the the good celebrity guests and the good comic guests yes and i think their numbers will go up they'll drive attendance and they'll recover and be fine i think what thursday shows us is that there needs to be security measures put in place yes for any convention and i agree with that for not only the talents protection but con goers protection as well most of all secondly if you're going to put a band on stuff I think there needs to be some sort of open forum for this. If you're going to put policies in place for for protection and security, there needs to be some sort of open forum that they invite the cosplay community to be a part of the decision-making process. They should allow co- local cosplayers to say, we're going to do this town hall at this place this weekend for Phoenix Comic Con to discuss security updates 
or security measures to put in place for future conventions. And they need to let cosplayers come and congoers come and discuss it with them and make it a group and joint effort to make things safer that also appeases both sides. Yeah. So that because there was cosplayers that saying this is a knee jerk reaction. They didn't know what pot props they could bring, what props they couldn't bring. It was a clusterfuck of misinformation and people were not happy about it. And I guess we're going to we're going to wait and see what the attendance at FanFest is or what the attendance next year is to see how badly this hurt them. Because there were a lot of people that turned around and were selling their badges in line that didn't come to the convention that said they're never going to come back. Like there was a lot of pissed off people. Like I think we were sitting there Friday upstairs while I was eating and we were looking at the the feed, the Phoenix Comic-Con feed and just people comment after comment yeah. after comment after comment about how pissed off they were. And I think they just they need to really they need to sit down and they need to reevaluate. They need to reevaluate lines. They need to reevaluate communication. They need to reevaluate what they're going to let in, what they're not going to let in. Yeah. And then they need to reevaluate their distribution of guests. And, and I think if you're going to put bans in place of things that can't be brought in, I think you need to involve the the cosplay community and the and the community in general to help make those decisions so that people are clear because a lot of these kids you know they work on their cosplays and as much as annoying they are to us being in line when we're getting bumped into kind of nice not having a bunch of cosplayers yeah but cosplay is a huge thing and a lot of these kids work for years or a year on this stuff to show it off you, you got to have some kind of t- communication with them to let them know in advance. Hey, this is what we're not accepting. I thought you Wonder need to Con make it last out of year this. did it the best. Where they had the little area for cosplayers? They had a huge area outside of the convention for cosplay. Mm-hmm. So everybody could hang out. It was covered. It was, and everybody can just do their thing in there with cosplay. Yeah. And that was awesome because it, it really opened up the con because first packed as WonderCon was last year. It was nice not having fucking somebody's fucking wings poking me in the fucking face as I'm walking. That's what they should do with the Hall of Heroes. Let the Hall of Heroes be celebrity guests, cosplayers, and all that. So if you want to co- if you want to show off your cosplay, you go to the Hall of Heroes. So everybody who wants to look at the cosplay knows where to go. Or yeah, or you know how they where they do the the uh, cosplay masquerade ball mm-hmm. thing. That's that's that should be the big cosplay area. Yeah. And everybody can hang out. You can bring your prop, props in. Let them be checked. They can get zip tied like they normally would. Mhm. And there you go. But or, or keep it down at the bottom so they don't have to travel far. Yeah. You know, there's got to be somewhere open down. I just think there needs to be a line of communication. And if you're going to put things in place, you need to include the cosp- the, the community. So that way you can say, hey, listen, if you're going to make your props, it can't be made out of this material, this material, this material. We are allowing these in. So we're allowing foam, cardboard, wood. It can't be made out of metal. It can't shoot projectiles. It can't do mm-hmm. any of this stuff. And it has to be checked. And, and Comic-Con does have weapon check stations, but they're so, like, sporadic. And this guy just snuck in a side door that was unlocked and pa- bypassed, I think, two of them and just kept on going. Well, if I was hiding real weapons, too, I wouldn't yeah. want to stop and check. Right. Ex- well, yeah, checked. exactly. But I just think that if there's going to be ch- changes implemented, you need to include the community to kind of subdue some backlash and allow people to voice their opinion. And that way people will know what materials they can use, what they can and can't bring things like that. 
and, and this is a huge because it happened in Phoenix it's a little bit closer to us and that's why we're talking about it but people are probably listening like god they won't shut up about this Phoenix Comic Con it's not just about Phoenix Comic Con though this affects Comic Cons everywhere yeah because I mean I, I've already I've already seen read articles now that say what is San Diego going to be putting in place in light of Phoenix Comic Con yeah you know because I mean that is so what what are what do other cons do I mean right because it happened locally in our hometown this one dude has essentially affected Comic Cons all over the world especially in the United States because how easy would it be for we just just weeks ago we saw what happened at an Ariana Grande concert in Manchester how easy would it be to pull that off at a Comic Con even easier you know exactly and it would be a catastrophic event and I mean could you imagine being down in the vendor hall downstairs because like here in Phoenix you walk in and you take an escalator down below where there's like six halls that you can walk into and all the six it's it's a huge open area and you could go in at like six different spots mm-hmm. and uh could you and that place is packed that's where all the vendors are that's where the comic book artists are that's where yep. the writers are that's where the authors are how easy would it be just to walk in there and just click your button do yep. you, or you know you go upstairs you go up two flights you know up to the third floor and that's where the actors are and it's just as packed there's vendors in there it's crowded it's where all the actors are how easy it would be to take something all the way up there mm-hmm. and detonate it yep so I mean I, I, I really think that it, it's a, and it's only a matter of time because I think we should have full body scanners so I could pass gas <laughs> why it's fucking why it's but fucking scanning me there's copycats and so we saw how easy it was for this kid in Phoenix to do it how long is it till a copycat comes out and tries mm. to do it somewhere else? You know, there needs to be better security measures I- in place. And I a hundred percent agree, but I think that there's ways to go about it. And especially in Phoenix, you have to include with, with the, how mad everybody is now and how strained the ties are between the convention and its organizers and the community I think this is a perfect bridging point to let the community come in, voice an opinion, say what they need to say, and work with them to to put things in place to make it safer for everyone. Yep, and I make agree. it more accessible for everyone, so you can still have cosplayers that come and have a good time and not have to be without their props, because it was a very watered down or deflated mm-hmm. time this year. Like it, it just didn't. You didn't see that many people having the time of their life like you normally see at conventions and and you know that like me i went one day that's all i went yeah and i did everything i needed to do which was very little because what's what's happening now with me is these comic conventions aren't gearing towards comic book fans so you know if they bring one person there that i want then you know, it went from, oh, my God, there's 10 people here that I yeah. cannot wait to meet to, oh, there was a guy here from two years ago. Well, at least he came out with a new book. 2014, I had a fat stack of books. 2015, I had a fat stack of books. 16 and 17, nothing. Yeah, like, you know, when Raphael Albuquerque was here, when Tony Moore was here, when, fuck, there were so many people here. Yeah, you had a backpack. Like, I had a backpack full of full books. Full of books, yeah. Running around, and it, you know trying to get it done in three days you saw people with long with 
Short box is full of shit trying to get done three days. And it, you didn't see that this year. Mm-mm. I saw one guy with a short box waiting in line for David Finch. Yep. Which I gave up on him. I gave up on Finch, too. I didn't end up getting his autograph. I just gave up. I just didn't. It just wasn't. There was always a line, and you end up telling me the line was because he wouldn't stop sketching. Yep. Just, just stop sketching. That's that's what I was told. I was standing in line. That's what I told him. Oh, he's not. When he's sketching, he's not signing. So it's just like. So you're standing there waiting for an autograph while he's sketching for these four fuckheads at the front of the line. Like It just wasn't worth it to me. I I was very disappointed this time around. I mean, I got, dude, I seriously, I got one book signed. Me too. <laughs> well, I got two books, Titans signed by a fucking Norm, and that was it. I got my Batman Beyond number one signed by uh, Jurgens. He signed my number one. That was it. And I, was ta- I, and I, I talked to him for a couple minutes, so how great. I said, man, I, dude, I love this run of Batman Beyond. You're fucking killing it. He said, did you read the new issue? I said, no, it was came out Wednesday and I was there Friday so now I just bought it before I came here I haven't got to read it yet he's like you should have read it before you came here <laughs> and I brought it with me fuck he was right yeah fucking twist at the end it's fucking great like I you're gonna you're gonna fucking crap dude <laughs> you're really gonna crap when I get to the end of fucking Batman Beyond but he signed my Batman Beyond number one I bullshit and that was it yeah. Like I had books I had books for David Finch, I had books for Rubenstein, which I never even seen him show up. Yeah, I never saw him either. I'd never seen him sitting at his table. I'd never seen him show up. So and it was David Finch, Rubenstein, Jurgens, and I had uh, they're still in the box. I didn't even take them out of the box. All my books are still in my box. But I brought like ten books and that or eight books and that was it. Yeah. It was you know, it, it just—it's an eye-opening situation, and it's, it sucks that it happened here, and it happened at a convention that we were looking forward to, and it sucks that the knee-jerk reactions and that everything happened took the air out of the convention. But at least they were able to catch the guy. At least that girl came forward and said something before a ton of people got hurt or lost their lives. Yeah, before a real incident happened. Right. So luckily, it was avoided. And Matt's still alive, everybody. Yeah, I'm still alive, but Matt didn't shoot Matt. <laughs> it's just it's it's still just an annoyance and an inconvenience. And I guess if you're gonna annoy and inconvenience people to save some lives, then so be it. But I just think going forward, you got to have better things set in place. You have to have better plans set in place. And I think you need to involve the community. And this is the time to make our community stronger. You, think you need to involve the community. I do. I'm just saying, it's time to make our community stronger, especially in Phoenix. Yeah. With the situations with, with Amazing Arizona and all of that pulling out and, and all these conventions canceling. Uh, and I just think that the our con community is struggling right now and our con community is very weak. And this would be a good way if if Matt Solberg or anyone with Phoenix Con kind of listens to this like they're supposed to. Um, I think this is a great time Who? to what? Who? Phoenix Comic Con. What's his name? I think it's Matt Solberg, isn't it? <laughs> Not Burger. N- Solberger? I said no, Solberg. Okay. <laughs> I thought you said Burger. No. <laughs> I was like, it's last name. Um, Not Burger. I think that's his last name. I'm pretty sure it is. But I, it, it's time to <laughs> it's time to involve the community and re-strengthen those bonds. Or maybe it's time to look for other alternatives. And our good buddy... 
I shouldn't even Solberg. say good buddy. Yeah. Our, um, I wouldn't say good buddy, but uh, everybody's resident dumbass decided to take to his sh- fucking stupid convention page and start shooting his mouth off about his convention, how he's going to fix all this stuff and his convention is going to be so much better. I'll, I'll be honest. If if he does what he says he's going to do and he's fucking truthful and he makes it very comic orientated and he brings guests that I want, I'm going to give him my fucking money. Actually, I'm going to apply for a press pass, but... <laughs> I, it, I don't think we're going to get those. <laughs> I'm dropping out we fucking shit on him, but... Actually, I, we haven't even really been that harsh to him. Uh, we're honestly. just honest. Yeah, it... We just have our opinion. But honestly, if he actually comes through, I'll fucking go to his con. If he actually comes through and he, he there's there's a venue and there's times and there's dates and there's fucking there's fucking artists and writers that I want to see, I'll fucking go. Fuck him, I don't care. Yeah. Fuck it. If if he like like I was telling you, if any convention can come in here and fix the issues that Fiends Comic Con has and it has had and that have they have ignored ignored fixing, and they can find that perfect balance between media and comic talent to bring in. I think I I think they become the the most the I, number one convention. In I Phoenix. would like something like amazing or something. I would like amazing to come back without having, uh, without locking these guests in for like three years. Mm-hmm. But but having a amazing type of con that just it's seriously just geared towards comic book artists and writers yeah maybe one or two like voice actors or something that are they're geared you know maybe like you know that are geared towards comics but like not wrestling people or fucking nothing like that but um I, I, I would love to have that come back like I would just I would love to have a comic convention come back and like that's that was the, always the greatest thing about amazing because they had awesome artists and writers and talent there, and it was just, it was just that's all it was. There was no other bullshit that goes with it. It's only the last three years that Amazing has been, and people have been griping about it because they brought the same guests in the last three years, and people are griping about it. And then you just want to, oh, we're going to pull out, and then you want to have <laughs> Rob Liefeld shoot his mouth off and say the fans took advantage of that convention, that they took it for granted. No, I don't think they did. I think it was the last three years they took for granted because you were bringing the same fucking talent year after year. When, when it came, what, four years ago with Kirkman? That was the last time it was good. That was fucking, that was an awesome. Well, actually, no. Because it had Kirkman there, Jeff Johns was there. Jim Lee. Jim Lee was there. Mm-hmm. Like, they had quality guests. Yeah, it was Even awesome. Even the next year when Eastman came. That was awesome. As a Turtles fan... I fucking loved the fact that Kevin Eastman was there. I know you did too. Yeah. But we didn't need him the next year, and we didn't need him the year after that. You know, and we were going to get him this year too until they canceled the convention. So I was just like, fuck, man. But yeah, I mean, it was awesome they had Kirkman there. That was fucking great. Now I'm thinking about going to their, their Vegas convention because they have Stan Lee. And it's in a few weeks. Yeah. They have all these guests that I would love for them to come here. Well, if you go, I'm going to give you a book. But... That, I mean, we've been talking about this for almost an hour, but it's just, it's a huge event. It happened here in our hometown, and it, it's going to affect Comic-Cons all over the country. 
I think we need to start a grassroots fucking Kickstarter to get our own con going. Okay. Crowdfunded? The Absolute Geek Convention? The Absolute Geek Comic-Con. Comic Convention. There you go. Absolute Geek Comic Con. There you go. Trade and fucking marked. There it is. Let's do it. Kickstart that shit. Let's try to figure it out. Because, I mean, it'd be nice. Yeah, let's figure out how much we would need to do it and then kickstart that shit. But, I mean, we could do it. I mean, uh, like Mesa, like, they didn't do a Kickstarter. And, yeah. I mean, they had fucking Marv Wolfman their first year there. I mean, they... they that convention was butthole, though. It only made it two years. It's hard to do. It is. The, I think the hardest part now is there's a convention every weekend now. So I think when, like... And this is where I give... Even even the year they had, like, Tony and Warren stuff here, there, you didn't hear about conventions every weekend in every city in fucking America. It was it was in process of it becoming that way, but it didn't. You didn't. You know what I mean? I think it was when there wasn't fucking a convention every weekend. It was easier to get guests. I think, and I'm, maybe I'm just playing devil's advocate, and maybe I'm just saying that this is and this is purely my opinion and just what I think is it's it's got to be hard if there's fucking ten thousand conventions going on at any given time. I think the to get talent is has got to be fucking hard well there was an article that came out a couple months ago and it was either through bleeding cool i think i remember if it was bleeding cool comic book resources or um gnn but a gentleman sat down and he brought up to the attention he said listen phoenix comic-con is the biggest event in phoenix it's one of the top i believe it's one of the top four or five biggest conventions in the united states mm-hmm behind san diego and you, you know new york and those boys but we they do more people at comic-con than they did when the super bowl was here so you're getting all that and they're not like they said they don't even have any names in the top 10 hottest books coming out this year or the top ten hom- hottest comics on the stands right now. They had no names until they got Finch. Yeah. But there was no c- other conventions that the same weekend as Phoenix Comic Con. Apparently, they said they they looked around and there was no other conventions that weekend that people would have been booked at in in the states. That was the only one. I don't know. I don't know if that's true, but that's what he, the the article said was that. Phoenix isn't even bringing in the top talent, and there was not, there was none. If not, if there was, there wasn't very many conventions that same weekend. So, how I understand what you're saying, but how is that? How are they not bringing in that talent? When was it? May what? May twenty four, fifth, sixth, seventh, and eighth. Yeah. So, Phoenix comes up. Mega, Mega Orlando had a con that exact weekend. MegaCon was that okay. weekend because that's where the guy who wants to throw a con here that's that we were just talking about. That's where he was. Oh, he was at MegaCon. He didn't come to Phoenix. Mm-mm. Okay. So and let's see. Okay, let's do this. Let's see who Megacon had. This was Orlando. They had Stan Lee. Tim Curry. They had Data there. 
Let's go with guests. Just just look strictly at their comic book guests. That's what I'm doing. Because that's that's what we're trying to to combat right now. Because the media guests were spot on. I can't complain about the quality of media guests at Phoenix. Okay. It's Stan Lee, J. Scott Campbell, Greg Capullo, Scott Snyder, Jason Aaron, Tom King, Adam Kubert, George Perez, Dan Slott, Adam Hughes, Amanda Connor, fucking Dan yep. Ditto. And guess what? Every one of those people. Chris Claremont, Bob Layton, yep, Scotty Young. That's it. That's it. They fucking destroyed. Yep. Okay, here was their... You want to see what their fucking uh, celebrity guests were? Sure. Alice Cooper, Data from Star Trek, Eh. John Dorian's brother, the guy from Flash, fucking what's his name? Uh Uh-huh. Fucking... Let's see... Fucking dude from Harry Potter. God, I can't even think of his name. Longbottom. Okay. They had most of the cast of Stranger Things there. Okay. Let's see. They had Tom Wilson. They had a bunch of people from Star Wars. They had most of the cast of... um, That's where Charlie Cox was. Was he there? I don't know. He's grayed out, so I'm assuming no. Because it looks like Jeffrey Dean Norgan... Norman Reedus, Charlie Cox. Are you sure that's Mike Tyson? Are you sure that was this year's? Because Charlie Cox was supposed to be at Phoenix. May twenty fifth to May twenty eighth, two thousand seventeen. Okay, that's weird then. That's real weird then. He's he's black. He's black and white. So he canceled. So he canceled both of them. <laughs> so what? He was only he's going to be at that convention one day, and then fly to Phoenix to be at the convention for a couple days. Mike Tyson canceled. Of course. Hits mysteries to solve. Right. They had the fucking Dukes of Hazard there. Oh, yeah. Johnny Knoxville and Sean William Scott? No. Oh. No. Oh, no, okay. sir. Okay. Let's see. I mean, they fucking, dude. They fucking killed it. Yeah. Megacon fucking killed it. Uh, let's see who. Let's see who else they had. Okay, so let's talk about that then. So the only other convention that same weekend. They had Billy West there. And Phoenix outdid them, I would think, I'd say celebrity-wise. But as far as comic book-wise, they blew Phoenix out of the water. Phoenix is one of the bigger conventions. And Here, you, can't, look, you can't pull down this that, was that quality, I, solid guess. Let's see, celebrity guests. They had Stan Lee. They had Tim Curry. Oops, shit. They had most of the cast of the fucking Rocky Horror Picture Show. They had Dude for the Vampire Diaries, a dude Richard Dean Anderson from Stargate. Uh, they had Jean Grey there. Oh no! From fucking X Men. Oh no! Not young Jean Grey, fucking <laughs> hot as fuck Jean Grey. They had Alice Cooper, Brent Spiner, which that'd be cool to meet Data. They had Tom Canavaga from Flash. They had Chick from Katie Lloyds, Katie Lutz from uh, Legends of Tomorrow. They had Daniel Panabaker. Daniel Panabaker. Wasn't she at Archon? Yeah, she was there last year. She was there Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. Yeah, she was at our convention last year. She's. Um, she was there this year. No, 
She was there last year. I she was there this year. No, she was there last year because she's um, she's Killer Frost. They had Eliza Dushku. Oh. They had a bunch of people from the fucking Buffy the Vampire Slayer. They had dudes from Stranger Things. So they, but they had every single one of their comic book guests. They have has a book in the top ten sales in comics right now. Yeah, they fucking killed it with their fucking with their comic guests. Fuck, killed it. So that's just my point: is that there needs to be more. It needs to be more balanced, but. It really does. And they had more because it even says view all comic guests. But that was just their... Is that the quitter? It is. But yeah, I, I just... I really... That's that's their biggest thing is to the core comic book collector, I don't... I think they're they're missing us. They are... We are... I think we're getting the shaft between me and you and everybody that I'm talking to right now that's listening. Right. But... All right. Well, that's enough about the convention. Let's go fucking ahead and get into a little bit of news. News. And then we'll do some comic book reviews. And then we'll fucking get out of here. Um, Does the quitter want to come in here? Let's see what we got here. Animaniacs reboot may be in the works. A reboot of the beloved 1990s animated comedy Animaniacs is reportedly being considered by Warner Brothers with executive producer Steven Spielberg returning to develop the series. Did you ever watch Animaniacs? Mm -hmm. Hello, nurse. <laughs> Gave us things like Freakazoid and Pinky the Brain. I loved Pinky and the Brain. Um, apparently, per sources, the Tinkerer will be the Flash's big season four bad guy. So that should be interesting. No, no more speedsters. No more speedster villains. <laughs> the Tinkerer. Marvel's The Punisher gets a release date. The new Marvel series will hit Netflix this November. Oh, yeah, it's like November 10th or something, right? Yep. I'm kind of interested to see that. I'm kind of excited for that. Yeah, I'm excited to see what John Barnthal does with The Punisher and what they do with the the standalone series. Uh, let's see. Uh, Skeet Ulrich up to series regular for season two of um, Riverdale, if you watch that. Ulrich portrays F.P. Jones, the father of Jughead Jones, uh, and the leader of the Southside Serpents on the CW show. Um, it was, I actually really enjoyed that se- the season one. The full season is on Netflix, so if you ever have another day where you just decide to lay in bed all day and watch Netflix, there's a show for you to watch. I did that. Dude, I know I was already telling you about... I'll fucking... I'll tell you how sad my life is. I'll tell everybody there. I watched Netflix. I got up sun Saturday. I went to the con Friday and hung out. I, I contemplated... If you actually picked me up, I was going to go to the con. So I actually got ready. I was like, okay, if he's going to drive and park somewhere and take the light rail, especially if he goes... That's why I kept saying, if you go to the one on Northern, I was like, oh, he'll drive by my house. Because I had Eric with me, so we went to the one on 7th and uh, Camelback. And I was like, okay, well, I'm on the way. So if he picks me up, I'll go. And if he doesn't, then I won't. So I got up and I got ready, just in case. I... I Threw little nuggets of, of hint out there that you didn't bite on. I probably didn't even pick them up, honestly. <laughs> but no, I'm obviously not because I didn't go. I, I waited for you to say, hey, are, you know, are we going to the con? Or I waited for you to message me and ask if we, what was going on. No, I did. No, you didn't. You were I like, I'm, I've been watching Netflix all day. I messaged you. I was like, so what's up? 
I didn't even want to go to the convention because I, I honestly like I text Eric. Eric called me at like nine a.m. He's like, "What time do you want to leave?" I was like, "I don't know, t- between eleven and 12. He's like, "That works for me." So I call him back at twelve thirty. I was like, "Yeah, I haven't even showered yet. Um, I'll be there soon." I showed up at his house at two o'clock. <laughs> Did you really? <laughs> yeah. I just didn't want to go, dude. I was just like, I was done with it. But, um... But, I yeah, what I did was, I, uh... I, uh... I fucking, uh... I got up, and I was like, okay, maybe Matt will pick me up. But I, fi- I finished Bill Nye Saves the World. And I was like... Um, That's a great transition into 13 Reasons Why. Right. <laughs> See, I was like, what time are you thinking? You're like, like noon. You? And I'm like, I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> but, so I was like, well, what fuck else am I going to watch? I'm going to watch 13 Reasons Why. I watched all 13 episodes, fuck, back to back. Good show. And then I switched after that. I switched, I started watching that 70s show. And I watched that 70s show until like 4 o'clock in the morning. Jesus. And I went to bed, and then I got up at, like, 10 in the morning. And I was like, ah, maybe I'll go to the con today. And I was like, eh. And I just sat there, and I fucking watched, uh, what, I watched the 70s show. And then I watched, uh, fucking, uh, and I watched The Simpsons, and I watched fucking The Flash. And fuck, that's, and that's what I did Saturday night till about 2 in the morning. Hmm. Or Sunday night until 2 in the morning, and I got up Monday, and... They took Scrubs off of fucking uh, Netflix, and Comedy Central picked it up. So it was a Scrubathon. Nice. So I watched Scrubs from like six o'clock in the morning until like ten o'clock at night. Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I did Memorial Day weekend. But uh, all right, keep going. Studio Ghibli will be getting its own theme park in Japan. It's set to open in early 2020. Um, Aerostar rallies for fans to petition for a t- Deathstroke TV series. After his character's return and personal redemption in the season 5 finale of Arrow, Manny Bennett asks fans to petition Warner Brothers for a Deathstroke standalone show. Apparently, he has not read Deathstroke because Deathstroke is not a good guy. Right. <laughs> and Deathstroke, I don't know how... It'd be interesting to have a, a, a TV show based on a villain. Did you see that poster I sent you in the chat? The Batman poster? Yeah, the fan-made one. Is that what it is? Yeah, it's a fan-made poster. Oh... Uh, did you read it? Yeah, I read the article. They didn't say it was fan-made. It says right in the title, it says fan-made poster. Oh, now I'm all fucking <laughs> bummed out. Oh, the fucking sucks. Yeah, it says oh. it right in the, the title. Oh, yeah, it does. <laughs> oh, fuck. Ah, now I'm all bummed out. I was all stoked. Uh, but yeah, I don't, I'll be interested to see how it's standalone does. But you just crushed. Um, Akira Creator initially thought the anime adaption was a failure. Akira is set to celebrate its 13th anniversary next year, and many would contend that this movie was absolutely seminal in introducing worldwide audiences, particularly in the United States, to the bizarre yet fascinating world of anime. However, it, uh, the, its creator of the anime thought it was a total failure. <laughs> Damn. Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 2 soars to an $800 million, million worldwide, or $800 million worldwide, surpassing its first film and solidifying the Guardians of the Galaxy franchise as one of Marvel's highest earners. Here's one that might interest you. Frank Miller's Sin City to reboot it as a TV series. 
There's no there's no network that's picked it up yet or, or anything like I that. I think it's that would be a good the, TV series. It's still in the pre-production process. That is like the the first one was pretty good. The second one was it's not bad either. Actually, actually, both pretty good movies. But I I don't see myself sitting down an hour a week or a half hour a week to watch Sin City. Yeah. Do, do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like they did a really. I thought they did a good job with the movies. I liked I liked the, mm-hmm. the abstract you know what I mean so I do you would you see yourself watching a f- series no I mean I would of course I would check it out but but you know losing the nudity and the the, the violence and the fucking and the language would just it really depends on what network picks it up if it was picked up by like HBO I think I might try it yeah but if they make it like Game of Thrones then I'm fucking out <laughs> And what's up with all these fucking shows now that do, like, the Game of Thrones-type intro now? Like, Daredevil does it. Fucking all the Marvel shows now do it. They do that stupid fucking dumb Game of Thrones-type... And what, what fucking show was I just watching that does it? There's another show I watched that does it, too. 13 Reasons Why. Do they do that, too? Will they, will they show, like, the tape deck playing and the kid, like, riding the bike? No, no. Like, Game of Thrones enters, like, everything's, oh. like, popping up and changing. Oh, and fucking, I, I do, don't know. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, I know what you're talking about. Like, like Daredevil, when it opens up and it's fucking, like, same thing. Like, the city's coming up. That's it. Yeah. Fucking stop doing those intros. Those are fucking <laughs> stupid. Kyle says quit doing them, people. So better listen. Don't copy Game of Thrones because <laughs> it fucking sucks. Dwayne The Rock Johnson eyed for Universal's Wolfman reboot. Last week, Universal Pictures officially announced that the dark universe of Marvel Studios-like shared universe of films will be crossing over several of the studio's classic horror icons, beginning with Tom Cruise as The Mummy, which releases in theaters next week, uh, set to encompass at least six films in the first wave, uh, including The Invisible Man starring Johnny Depp. Doctor Jekyll, starring Russell Crowe. Pass. Frank- Frankenstein's Monster, starring uh, Javier Bardem. I'll give that a try. Bride of Frankenstein and Creature from the Black Lagoon, round out the top six, and it looks like Dwayne Johnson's um, portrayal of Wolf, the Wolfman reboot, will make it number seven. That's it for the news. That's all I got for news. That's it. That's it. That is it for the news this week. Hmm. Oh, and someone tried to shoot up Phoenix Comic Con. <laughs> I don't think they got that. <laughs> no, I, I, just just in case you you didn't hear it yet, um, someone tried to shoot up Phoenix Comic Con. And Matt thinks the community should get together and figure it out. Yep, I think the community should get together and come up with a security <laughs> plan. Because I don't think you said that enough times. Nope. Happy day. <laughs> All right. right, let's fucking review some comics. Kyle's got a fucking stack of comics. I'm sitting over here with last like week's three, books. Nope. I didn't. I read them yesterday. I did not read last week's books at all, and I just put them in my box. I, I did that like, instead whatever. of going to my wife's work and telling her happy 14th anniversary. Oh, what a dick. That's <laughs> the red comic books. What a dick. Well, I usually go up there for trivia. Yeah. And I go up there and suck at trivia because I'm fucking dumb We won rocks. trivia last night. Did you? Yep. So I, I, I debated it. I was like, well, I'll just read this one and go. Well, I'll just read this one and go. And I was like, you know what? Why am I going to sit there when somebody... Because it's usually super fucking packed in there. You know, I'm just taking up a seat. I didn't have my team with me. You know, I'll let someone there that's going to, like, you know, put money in my bank account instead of me being there. You know what I mean? So I decided not to go. And I that that was the incorrect decision. Your wife wasn't very happy, huh? No. No, she was <laughs> not. So. 
Poor guy. But I did. I caught up on all my comic books <laughs> instead of going. So you got put in the doghouse. Yep, huh? instead of going and hanging out with my wife at work, which it's busy. It's not like we were going to hang out. You know, yeah. I don't know. I just looked at it different. But I guess I could have went up there at least at happy anniversary, I guess. Yeah, you thought you were going to bump some uglies and all you got was the butt, huh? And you got a new bed, too. Yep, you got the, <laughs> the wall of pillows and I have a headache. The wall of pillows, yep. All right. Well, Kyle's going to fucking bore us with some books that came out last week. Um, Let's see. What should I start? You know what I'm going to start with? Detective, because it wasn't very good. It's It's leading the way towards... Detective 957. It was only spoiler in the episode, and it didn't spoil anything, and that's it. <laughs> yeah, she's kind of just fighting through everything, right? Well, she was... It's... Uh, spoiler's trying to, like, take over, is what she's doing. Mm. She's being the hero without being the hero, so what she's trying to do in this issue is stay two steps ahead of Batman and everybody, and she's trying to take care of everything so Batman doesn't have to be there because she's trying to make Batman, like, obsolete. So... What happened was, and that's where it starts out with spoiler dropping it down and dismantling the fucking uh, the bat light. The bat signal. Yep, I call it a bat light. And that's what they did. They for all your night light needs. She actually blew it up. That's what she did. She rewired it and fucking and blew it up. And then it switches over to where this a uh, this new person's here, and he's fucking wreaking havoc fucking everything up and there and, and what he's doing is he's actually waiting for batman to come and he comes and he he uh uh he comes and he takes over the news station so what he's doing is he's like what i'm gonna do is he was gonna put out he wanted what this guy wants to be i let me tell you his name his his name is wrath and what wrath wants to, what his goal is is to become the villain that you think of he wants to be the he wants to be head of the Joker and the Riddler and he wants like he wants to be the villain he wants to be in like the top three villains uh huh so what he does is he takes over the uh, TV station and he goes on to go live he's gonna do it live and he's got all these like robots that are all like like linked to him and he can kill any of his robot people at will and what happens is uh as he starts to do it, the signal gets cut, and spoiler cuts it. And she comes in and and she's fucking does her thing. She fights around and she fucks everybody up. And uh, so she gets up and, and it's it's all he all Wrath wants is Batman. I just he just he wants to fight Batman. And what she ends up doing is she ends up disabling his suit. He gets all butthurt about it. He needs to go to a safe place. And uh, and she fucks him up, and he gets arrested, and that's the end. Pretty much it. Yeah, she comes, and then and then what shows up is uh, this guy shows up. Whoever that is. Whoever that is. Who is that, Kyle? I don't know yet. You know who that is, Kyle. I know who that is. Who is it, Kyle? It's a surprise. Who is it, Kyle? It's a surprise. You don't know who it is. Who is it, Kyle? It's what's his name from Flash. No. <laughs> what's his name from Flash? <laughs> alchemy. Is it alchemy? That's what I was thinking. Look. I know with the A on the. Yeah, on the sleeve. Yeah. So 
That's that's what I was thinking. But that's it. There was Batman wasn't in this issue at all except for being on the cover by Raphael Albuquerque. The very Frank Miller Batman. Which is actually fucking pretty cool looking. Yeah. And that's it. It was a Batman Detective Comics without Batman. Yay. No Batman. Where you go, Batman? Hey Batman. Oh, hey Batman. Alright, so to break up the monotony of your and monotony of you fucking rambling. Um, I'm going to re- review Number 14 What? I'm going to review That's Negan part 14 Here right? comes Negan chapter 14 um, You get to see Negan This is Negan's backstory If you're collecting the image um, plus you get, you Do you have all 14 these. of them? I do um, I only have the first one Negan is starting to solidify his place along. <laughs> he smashes someone with a bat this one He gets day. his first Lucille oh, kill Yes shit. he does um, he catches a guy who is uh, basically fucking around with some girls. Fucking around. And Negan isn't about that. He's like, we're not going to treat our women like that. You're not going to treat anyone like that. Um, he's like, he's like, you're going to tell me. Negan like, confronts him. He's like, you're going to tell me how I don't know, what we can and can't do with our women. Fuck you, man. And he pushes Negan into some barbed wire. Negan gets up, reaches for his Lucille. And proceeds to give the vampire bat its first thirsty kill. That's fucking awesome. I'm going to have to get that one. And um, and then Negan has all the he has all the saviors behind him. And he says, I know what you're probably uh, a little star. Uh, I know that was probably a little startling. Truth is, maybe got a little carried away, but I couldn't be helped. And he turns to him. and He's like, you scared? You scared of me? Scared of dying? And he looks at his wound and then he ra- and then he raises Lucille up again. And he says, Sorry, I don't quite know how this plays out. And I kind of like this coat. And he like, jacks the dude's coat after he killed him. And he's like, you're fucking scared, huh? You fucking should be. And he points Lucille at everybody. So it shows Lucille's first kill and how he gets the leather coat. Oh, he, ta- he takes it off the guy whose fucking head he bashes in. So Negan has now... He's just a little bit of barbed wire complete from being Negan. So I don't know how many issues are in this. I don't know if it's 14 or 15. It says two can be continued, so there's going to be another one. But we should be... catch up eventually. We should be nearing the end. It would be cool if it caught all the way up to fucking, uh, like, The Walking Dead. I don't... I think it's only supposed to show you how he he became in charge of the survivors. Yeah. For the saviors or the fuck they're called. But um, I've actually really liked Here Comes Negan. I'm a little disappointed that it's only, like, four pages. I wish they would just come out with a complete series and couple issues of it but i'll take what i can get should i do batman beyond oh, what, 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 would you grade what was your review on batman six, six? i give here comes negan a seven only because there's not much to go off of but you get to yeah. see him get the jacket and the first lucille kill so you guys want to hear plastic redneck or batman beyond as nobody answers you because i'm the only one in the room <laughs> plastic oh, oh somebody said plastic <laughs> i'll do plastic the crowd the crowd said plastics Okay, this is plastic number two. This is a fucking. This is a good book. I actually did read that book. You read plastic? Yeah. I only read it because I forgot that I grabbed it and when I was putting my books away, uh-huh. I fucking I, I I read it. So they where this left off the last issue was he had to go kill somebody to help get his doll, doll back. <laughs> so where this picks up right now is they're in front of a house. And it's the house where he has to go in and kill somebody. And he got a ride. 
and in the front seat is a dead deputy. And so what he does is he he comes back in to the car and he kind of banters with the guy that's driving and they're kind of going back and forth, who are you, who are you? And he, you know, dude's like, I'm pretty much a private contractor. What And the driver's like, what about you? And they kind of go back and forth. And then fucking killer dude that just wants his doll back is like, fuck this guy. And he chops his head off right in the front seat. So now in the front seat is a decapitated dude in the driver's seat and a deputy with a headshot wound in the passenger seat. And and he's talking to the deputy like the deputy is alive. Like he's, you know what I mean? They like have his conversations. And he drags the guy out and he throws the head in the back of the car and he throws the rest of the body in the trunk. So the head's in the back seat, trunk is in, the body's in the trunk and the deputy is still sitting in the front seat shotgun. And and then it switches over to uh, they're pulling up to like a uh, like a waffle house. He cuts the dude's head off with a hacksaw, doesn't he? Yeah. The cop. He cuts the cop's head off. No, or, oh, it's a the, different the, dude. The cop is still in the front seat with a gunshot wound. Right. They cut the, the guy that was driving. He cut his head off with, with a hacksaw. hacksaw. Yeah. Like I said. Did you say that? Yes. Oh. <laughs> So what happens is he gets back to, he's like back at this house and he's trying to, he had actually went and bought a bunch of fucking, uh, he's actually back at this house and he's trying, it's like this dilapidated house out by this river and he's funny, he actually picks up these donuts that are like all covered in like worms and shit and he's like telling the cop, hey look I got donuts for you, that's just funny. He says, I gotta admit the crooks, you were right. And he's like, the little clear shoe can turn things around. And he's talking about the dude, the donuts. And he's like, hope you're in the mood for donuts. It cops and donuts? That's a good one. Like, he's talking back and forth to both people. He's, yeah. fucking, he's fucking crazy. So then he ends up going to another donut shop with the cop. And he's like, and he's still talking about back and forth with the cop, like the cop's there. He's like, sorry? Did I miss anything? Oh, I'm famished. How about you? And he's, he's like, what's your preference on donuts? And, huh? No, no, I'm not judging you. You can eat any kind of donuts you want. Like, he's having this conversation back and forth. So he walks in, and he talks to the lady, picks up donuts. He's like, oh, Virginia needs donuts, and the cop needs donuts. He picks out all the donuts. And then he gets all excited because she's like, hey, can I get a fork? He's like, take all you want. He's like, oh. he gets all excited, takes all the forks. <laughs> it's weird. So he leaves, and the deputy comes in. So he's sitting in the car eating the donuts, and another deputy comes in who's become... He's upgraded to sheriff. So he's talking to the chick that's making the donuts. Making the donuts. And he's like, great ass. And he's, like, trying to, like, fucking get up on her, and she pushes him off. And he actually gets pissed because there's no forks. It calls her a fucking cunt. The cop? Yeah. Because there's no... So he gets out, and he sees this little... Next to his... in his cru- On top of his cruiser, he sees this little plastic soldier. Like the little green army man. He's like, what the fuck is this? Naked army ladies, and he fucking... What the hell's wrong with people? And he throws it behind him. Well, the dude is killing him. is climbing into the trunk of the car. 
Uh, as the police cruiser's driving away, and that's kind of where it ends. So I'm assuming that that motherfucker's gonna get slaughtered too. It's cool. I, I don't know. It's fucking. If you guys aren't reading this, it's an issue too. It's a weird book. It really is. It's a weird book. It's fucking cool. It's really worth picking up. I think it's gonna be an interesting. I think it's gonna continue being interesting, and I kind of, I'm kind of excited about it. Yeah, for sure. I gave that one a seven. Very nice. Because this is, I think this is the catalyst that's actually going to make this story. It's, I think this story is really going to take off after this one. Very be, nice. Want to do Teen Titans? I didn't read Teen Titans, so. You didn't read Teen Titans. No, that's where I left off. So go ahead and do Teen Titans. Teen Titans Annual. It looks good. The final issue of the Lazarus Contract. I don't think I read all of the Lazarus Contract issues. Um, It was Titans. Teen Titans, Deathstroke, and then now um, the annual. So essentially it goes, it kicks back to seeing um, Deathstroke's son joining Hive and him getting injected um, with the serum that like gives him superhuman abilities. And in this issue, Damien does something that could potentially turn the the tide and affect one of the teen one of the titans lives forever so um kid flash is kind of down and out um deathstroke has his powers and he's constantly running through the timeline trying to to convince his son to give up his ways and not not be like him and he he kind of says he doesn't want any of his like his son doesn't know that his dad is deathstroke he idolizes Deathstroke, and then mm-hmm. Deathstroke finds him, and, and his son, uh, he's like, I'm a huge fan. And uh, Deathstroke's like, you you shouldn't be. He's like, I'm hanging out with Deathstroke. He's like, wow, this is such a fanboy question, but will you sign my mask? And Deathstroke, <laughs> Deathstroke's like, Grant. He's like, wow, you know my name? Deathstroke knows my name. And Deathstroke's kind of like, of course I know your name. I gave it to you. And takes his mask off and shows him that he's his dad, then smashes him in the face with his mask. And then they proceed to um, continue talking. He's like, he, he gets pissed that his dad is Deathstroke. And he's like, oh, you want to be my father now? And, and everything like that. And then it cuts to the Titans. And they're, um, it cuts to the Titans and the Teen Titans. And Robin kind of makes the choice to leave uh, Kid and Flash behind because Kid Flash has already caused enough trouble. So what their, their plan is is to try and, through Wally, go through the, the Speed Force with the mental connection with Raven to try and ke- to try and stop Deathstroke. Are you fucking serious? Yeah. So as they're doing that, um, they're, they can't ke- catch Deathstroke and they keep, um, they keep missing him and they eventually go back and the Titans follow him back in time to where they're young kids right before they were going to kill Deathstroke's son. Mm-hmm. So you see Robin and Nightwing face to face. Nice. And Damien pretty much walks up and uh, he, you know, he pretty much proves, he's like, I'm the superior Robin to even young Dick Grayson. <laughs> and he, he's like, just to point us towards where Ravager went. And Dick Grayson's like, he vanished. He just up and uh, he, we were just about to pursue. And, and Damien's like, sure, sure. Okay. Well, we'll help. And um, Damien's like to, he's like, we'll help, but we're going to make him come to us. And he turns and he hits Wally West in the chest. Kid, the the white Wally West, Kid Flash, uh, hits him in the chest, stopping his heart. 
So he stops his heart and he like dies and current Wally starts disappearing. And um Wally's like, What Damien he he cut Deathstroke's speed powers from the speed source because they're trying to slow Deathstroke down. And uh, he's like, What how did he do that? He's like, By killing Wally West in the past. And then Damien starts throwing grenades as as the Titans are trying to, to save Wally and give him CPR. Damien starts throwing flashbangs at him. He's like, Wally was not breathing. He's like, I've stopped his heart. He's like, the stone palm technique causes uh, comatose uh, of the heart and disrupts the heart rhythmia. And he's throwing flashbangs, and Robin's like, stop hurling flashbangs, Damien. <laughs> <laughs> and then uh, it, so it shows, it cuts to a, f- a future with Kid Flash, and he's starting to get in the car, and he's talking about his dad and everything. And then um, basically Deathstroke's son disappears in the timeline and they're all trying to do CPR on Wally and Wally comes back to life and Kid Flash gets his powers back at that point and starts running around again and Deathstroke loses his so Deathstroke goes in to the Speed Force to meet the Titans and it, they pretty much all get kicked out of it at that point when Raven loses his con- her connection with Wally and um, pretty much what happens is Slade Wilson is stuck in the Speed Force now he, he goes supersonic, and he becomes stuck in the Speed Force. He can't figure out how to get out. So, basically, Ro- Robin pulls them all out with Raven's help by um, basically being nice to Raven. He, he's there with... There's a lot of basically things yeah, going on. I know. There's so much in this issue, though. So, Ra- like, Raven's got this mental link with her, and um, something's happening to her body. Uh-huh. Because Wally can, was confronted by Deathstroke, and now she... Like, she's seeing all of the stuff that is in Wally's head. And she starts, her body starts freaking out. And uh, Aqualad's like, come on, dude, there's seriously wrong with her, something wrong with her, Robin. And Robin's like, there, there, and starts patting her head. And Aqualad's like, like, Aqualad's like seriously, dude? <laughs> and he's like, Raven, Rachel, it's me, Damien. You're safe. No one will hurt you. Not on my watch. Come home, Raven. Your friends are waiting. And that's when the mental link breaks and they're all kicked out of the speed force because they were trying to do it as like a tether so they didn't get lost in the yeah. speed force. Um, and they all get kicked out of the speed force. And Damien's like, um, he's like, this only leaves us back to where we started and about to face off with Deathstroke. And Deathstroke kind of stands up and he's like, you guys killed my son and you stopped all of my plans. You, you foiled everything I was trying to do. And he's like, but you know what? He was like, um, and now I'm gone. He's like, uh, my high consciousness makes it difficult to be in tune with the speed force. I can't save my son. Every last one of you should die here today, and so should I. So let's just end it all, shall we? And he throws his mask down. He's like, I quit. Deathstroke is finished. And he starts walking off. What? Yep. That's a bullshit. He starts walking away. That's fucking bullshit. And then they go back to the uh, Titans Tower in uh, Wally West. The young Wally West is having problems controlling his powers because of everything that happened, and Raven kind of helps him. And uh, because he's a liability, Robin kicks Kid Flash out of the Teen Titans. He tells him to take a hike. Really? Yep. And he's like, "You're." F-, he's like, "There is no us, Kid Flash. Not anymore. You're fired." Kicks him out. Damn, he's a dick. And then it goes to, it cuts to Wally West, uh, the doctor, and <clears throat> essentially, the doctor like uh, he has a pacemaker to support his weakened heart. And Arsenal's like, "Since when does he have a weak heart?" He's like, the serial number confirms it was put in about a year ago. And Nightwing's like, got the sad face. He's like, Robin, when Robin stopped Kid Flash's heart, he broke the Speed Force connection. 
Wally, say something, Wally. Are you all right? He's like, it's happening again. My timeline, my life, it's changed again. So the doctor basically tells Wally that he can't be Flash anymore, otherwise his heart's going to explode. Kid Flash? Well, Wally West. He tells Wally, Wally West from Teen Titans? Yeah, from Titans. From Titans. He tells older white Wally West that because now that he's got a pacemaker because Damian Wayne stopped his heart, he can't be Kid Flash anymore, otherwise his heart's going to explode. Damn. And he takes running off, and he and he was like, I can't be Kid Flash anymore, but at least we won. And he's, like, pissed off and taken off, and it's supposed to be continued in Titan, and then Titans 12. But because Damian Wayne made that decision to stop Wally West's heart, to, to stop Kid Flash, White Wally West's heart in the past, to break the connection to Kid Flash, Black <laughs> Wally West, in the current timeline... To break that connection to Slade Wilson, he essentially gave Wally West, White Wally West, a heart arrhythmia to where now he needs a pacemaker and his flash powers are killing him and making him his heart heart weak. Dick. So it's a lot going on. I would honestly say don't. My review is pretty shitty of this, but go (laughs) pick it up. If you're reading Titans, it's a must have. It's a must read. Um, I would say go pick it up because it's pretty much changing the the path of the Teen Titans and the Titans going forward. So it'll be interesting to see what the deal with Wally West and the pacemaker is. Well, should I do Batman Beyond so I can continue? Let's do it. This is uh, Batman Beyond number eight. Now this is the book with the holy shit twist at the end, huh? The holy shit twist at the end. So where we left off is... He walks in and Bruce Wayne and Joker doing each other in the butt. Yep, doing it butt style. They're playing swords. Prison style. Yep. But um, Bruce is trying to get Terry to come back. He's like, that that prototype, remember, that prototype is dangerous. You need to get back. You know, and his brother's like, please listen, Terry, please. And Terry's pretty much like, nah, there's shit going down. I have to fucking figure this out. I can't come back in the middle of something. It has to... I mean, I have to finish what I've started, you know, that Razor Ghoul's going on, the, the shadows of them, this dude named Koru shows up and starts fucking wreaking havoc, and he's like... You know, the guy comes down with two swords, and Terry's like, I guess he's not a friend. <laughs> and he's like... Uh. So they, they fight... And they go after it and fucking... And what happens is the suit starts to... T- the, the communication with Bruce cuts off and the, the suit starts talking to Terry. And, uh... So what happens is, is like he's like, what the fuck? You know, he's like, what's going on? And Bruce is like, okay, this is what's happened. He said, uh... So, he's like... He says, I built that suit so that Batman will never fail. And they're like, well, what do you mean it'll never fail? So what he describes is that he was he was uh, battling the Banes. And there was a lot of people dying and he was f- uh, getting destroyed. So he made that suit so that no matter what happened, he could keep fighting no matter what kind of ass beating was handed to him. That he had, uh... So it was like an indestructible suit. He was like... Indestructible. He was like, for Gotham to decide, I needed to be better. I needed more strength. I needed more speed. I needed quick... Lightning quick... Reflexes? Reactions. Same thing. So he said, I developed this combat suit programmed to block pain, 
override my own cautionary judgment to make sure the job gets done. So it's happening. So it says, you know, so so with the Banes, was the challenge was uh, there was four Banes he had he ended up having to fight, and it said. He said, I didn't realize it was working too well. Zero tactical inhibition. I was unstoppable. Broken ribs? No problem. Didn't even feel the pain. He says, I fought on without realizing that instead of controlling the suit, it was all, it goes into self-preservation mode. Ooh. And uh, it took control of Bruce Wayne. So he's like, you know, 43 minutes in, I suffered two cracked vertebrae and he didn't even know it. And he went through and he did everything he needed to do. And what he did was, after he fought and he won and it was over, he rips the suit from him. And he said that was the, it was, that and that was Batman's last case. That was the last Batman suit that Bruce Wayne wore. Uh. And that's when he realized that, you know, he had to make a different suit. And so, uh, so what happened was, so their communications cut off, and Terry's like, "I have to finish this. I have to go." So he does is he gets on a he gets in his he gets in his ship and he flies to Ra's al Ghul. He takes him straight there, and he gets you know he's up in the uh, you know up to where the snow is, you know where he stays. So as he comes down, he gets shot down, but you know the suit's in control, so you know full external serve full external sensors, and he shoots out of it, and he's going. And he walks up to the front doors of Ra's al Ghul's fucking castle. Uh-huh. And he says, watchdogs included. And he says, well, there's at least 30 of them. He says, uh, I hope there's help for them nearby because they're going to need it. And he just fucking, he just walks right through them and just fucking slaughters them. And so what Bruce Wayne does, he's like, I got to go. And they're like, Bruce, you can't go. You know, you just got out of that coma. Every, you know, there's a lot of shit going on with you. He's like, yeah, yeah, you're right. Go make me some coffee. He jumps in the bat. Like, God, <laughs> you know how Bruce is. So so he gets to, he comes up and he walks up. He's like, Raz. And he's like, you're not the real Batman. Raish. Raish, Raz, Raz, <laughs> whatever you want to call it. He's like. You're not the real Batman. He says, uh, you're killing people. He's like, since this, since when does Batman seek to kill his foes? That's another indicator you are not truly Batman. And, and then Bruce is like, Terry has no idea what he's walking into. How dangerous. So he starts fighting Ra's al Ghul. He's fighting. He's fighting back and forth. They're fighting. He fucking knocks off the helmet to Ra's al Ghul. And Terry goes, no fucking way. And it's fucking Damien. Oh shit! Yep, the true Raz the true Raz is gone, replaced by my son, Damien, and it's fucking Damien Wayne. Oh wow! And that was the fucking. That's intense. So that I wish I would have read this before, I actually talked to fucking Jurgens, because that sucks because that's everything that Damien's trying to avoid. He's becoming a Batman Beyond. Yeah. Yeah, he became. Yeah. That's why I said, I was like, oh, at the end of this book, you're going to be like, oh, shit. Because Damien's goal is to be the best, the best Batman, better than ba- better than Bruce, not yep. fucking Raish al Ghul. Raish, Raz, 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 whatever the fuck you want to call Raz him. Raz al Ghul, Raish al Ghul. Yeah. yeah, that was a fucking... If I would have had this, I would have had Dadrick inside it. Yeah, right? Because it, it was just such a fucking... It was such a cool... I mean, I gave that like an 8.5. Nice. 
Like, it was a good issue, you know, that the suit's taking over him, it's becoming Terry, he can't even, you know, he's getting to the point where he can't even control what happens. The suit is, he's pretty much just keeping it fucking flated, you know what I mean? Yeah. And, uh, and then for that, you know, for Damien to be the twist, I mean, that's fucking, that, that sealed it. Because that's what I was telling Dan Jurgens. I was like, hey, man, I was like, I think I think I said this earlier, but I was like, I fucking I love this run of Batman Beyond. It's got to be probably one of my top favorite runs of Batman Beyond. You're fucking you're killing it. And I said thank you. I appreciate this. Like it's fucking great. He's like that's that's when he said, "Did you read the new issue?" I was like, "No." He's like, "You're in for a treat. <laughs> it's gonna be a surprise." I was like, "Yeah, don't fucking tell me. I got it. I'm gonna read it. You know, I just bought it before I came here." He's like, "Read it. You're gonna like it." I was like, "Yeah." Now I fucking. Now you I, wish you would have read I, I told him it's one of my favorite things to. I plugged the. I did a shameless plug of the podcast. Nice. Them. Good job. But they all say the same thing when you say that. Yeah. Like I say, I love reviewing, you know, the, the podcast that I'm on. I, I review, you know, I review your book every month and I love reviewing it. They just say, okay, thanks. Yeah, right? They don't give a fuck. They don't give a shit. Yeah. I'm sure they hear it all the time. <laughs> yeah, you know right. What I mean? All right. The Flash 23. The Color of Fear Part 1. Do we get the same cover? Yeah. This is kind of a... Um, it's a kickoff to the next story arc of Flash. It picks up where the button stuff left off the with button. Terry... It actually Terry. came out late. Yeah, with Barry. Um, Barry! It, it kind of opens like... In the future, the 25th century, there's a, a Flash museum. And you got all the different Flash. There's Kid Flash's suit. There's um, Godspeed suit. There's... A Wally West suit. There's Barry Allen's. You got all these different Flash suits. I thought that was kind of cool. And guns and weapons and Cold's outfits in there. So it's just like a Flash museum. And you see the, the reverse Flash. And he's talking about how him and Earbard Thawn were friends and allies. And then it cuts to current. And he's in the Star Labs morgue. And he's got, um, he's got Earbard's or reverse Flash's body there on the table. Mm-hmm. And he... Them. He's all enamored with it and talking yeah. to it and shit, and whispering. The Sweet medical examiners come in and they kind of like make fun of Barry a little bit and tell him to leave it to them and let him go. And as he's as Reverse flashes his body is on the table, he sees a little spark in his eye. And Barry goes to his, he goes to meet Iris and she has a surprise birthday party for him. And uh, he's kind of still, even though it's his birthday party, he's still struggling with, you know, the he's the not even he's that, not there mentally right, right now. He's struggling, struggling with the fact that he doesn't know that Jay Garrick, who Jay Garrick was, and that he was sucked back into the Speed Force. He's struggling with the fact that Batman had that interaction with his dad, and his dad told him to quit being Batman, and that it's still affecting him. He's just not there mentally, and he keeps seeing like visions of of Thawne showing up and killing everybody at the party. And he's like, I'm, he's like, uh, Eobard has always been faster than me. I couldn't, I couldn't stop him. He's like, he killed my family right in front of my eyes just to torture me as a child. And then Hal Jordan shows up. He's like, happy birthday, Barry, and brings him a gift and and stuff. And he's like, uh, did I interrupt something? Right in between Barry and, and Iris kind of arguing. And um, they're arguing back and forth, and Hal's kind of like, an alien invasion, like, right now, please. I liked it that Hal showed up. Yeah. I thought it was cool. It was cool. And then... Um, Multiplex shows up and starts attacking the party and Barry and, and Hal transform 
and they go to fight him and like Barry's not even paying attention to what's going on his his whole thought process is still somewhere else and multiplex like starts crazy like multiplying like crazy and he tells Wally to get Iris out of there and Wally takes her home and he starts talking about how his dad was reverse flash and, and everything like that and how he died and and uh Iris is like your dad wasn't a good person she's like Daniel was a monster when he was reverse flash and then uh, you hear from the background actually and I hate to quabble but and Iris is like oh my god she's like there's only one reverse flash and there's reverse flash sitting on their fucking porch yep and the next issue is kid flash versus reverse flash so not only does my grave strain stand true the button he gets electrocuted and dies comes back gets electrocuted and dies again and here he is a third fucking time how many more times is this going to happen? At least two more. I said that, remember? Yes, you did. Yes, you did. <laughs> we got so one more. He's got one we'll more We'll see fried. if he gets fucking fried and comes back into life again. <laughs> it's fucking but funny. I gave that issue of Flash like a 7-5. There wasn't a whole lot going on, but it was just to move the story across. And I'm kind of a little annoyed does, that Kid Flash came That's what he again. does every time. He has like, it's not. it wasn't really a filler issue, but it was an issue that does something to, to start the next story arc. He does it every story arc because now the next one will be... You know, I mean, it's really going to get going. That's kind of what his theme is of how he writes. Yeah. So, but that's cool. I will do... So I got Redneck, and then we just have Old Man Logan, right? Yep. Okay, then we do Redneck. This one is... If you guys remember the first issue of Redneck, it showed up. Remember, they got in the fight, and the dude was drunk, and he he couldn't remember if he fucked up the priest or not. Remember, uh-huh. they, as they showed up in the alley? Yep. And then when they walked out in the morning... Their son was hanging from a tree, burning in the daylight. Uh-huh. And so that's where the day is. So what happened is he's burnt. He's burnt up. They're kind of hiding inside. They've got two humans that help them, Phil and Evil. That's their names. This one's Phil and this one's Evil. And that's what they kind of do. One talks, one doesn't talk. Uh, Phil talks, Evil doesn't. So what they do is they take care. What they do is they, they buy the cattle. And mm-hmm. then the vampires drain the blood, use the blood to, to survive. And they take the meat from the cow and they they serve it at the barbecue joint. And they make barbecue out of it. So what these two people do is they do all of the errands and all the stuff that has to be done during the daylight. So they, they take it, they, they, they dig a hole, they pull the teeth of the of the other vampire that got burned in the sunlight. Um, the main vampire dude says, here's some money, here's a list of instructions, I got some shit that you need to take care of for me. So they're in there, and they tell the, the other two brothers that the, the brothers need to be locked in the, they lock them in the basement, they need to chill the fuck out, they need to stay out of everywhere until all this blows over. And then, like, the drunk uncle guy with that, that actually fucked up the priest and stuff, he's talking. They end up throwing him down in the basement as well because they're just trying to figure out, you know, until they figure out what's going on. Because they kind of, you know, that. so what they did was they, they the uh, barbecue joint got set on fire because, you know, I think they're trying to, like, do a new, I think they're trying to make problems. Uh-huh to fix the problems. That's that's what I assume. So then they walk, Evil and Phil walk over to the church to, because uh, what they were going to do is if, they couldn't remember what happened, so if the priest was alive, 
they're going to bring him back to show him it's alive, and then everything would be kind of cool. But if he was dead, then it was going to be whatever happens when they're dead, they're going to have to take care of whatever yeah. they need to take care of. So they walk in there, and the priest is fucked up. He's fucking destroyed. Oh, so he's dead? No, he's alive, but oh. he's just fucking, like, he's, like, mutilated. Oh, yeah. You know what I mean? So they fucking, and they're like, and they knew that Phil and Evil worked for the vampires, so he's like, he can't even barely talk. Fuck, fuck, jeez, hospital, please, you know what I mean? Like, he's, and they fucking, they trip out and leave, and, uh, because they were going to try to kill these fucking vampire lovers, so Phil and Evil leave, and now they're locked, and then it switches over to them being locked in the basement. So they're fucking talking about, uh, you know, what the fuck? Everything's going to be all right. You don't know what's going to happen. And they feel an evil come back. And they're like, is he dead? They're like, hell no. But it looks like he's been beat to death by a Mack truck. And then just as that happens, a bunch of fucking people show up. And the head vampire dude's like, I'll deal with this. And they're like, you've got to go. Get the fuck out of here. You know what I mean? You don't need to be here. And then they end up shooting him. But that doesn't really do a whole lot with vampires. Yeah, right. He's like, vampires do it covered in red. And he's got a fucking bullet wound and he's bleeding. That's just the way things have always been. And he says, once upon a time, if our town, if our own was killed, facts and reasons be damned. And we would have, we would ride on this town. But he, he tried to do it diplomatically, and it, you know they came looking for a fight. So what happened was that they're in the basement, and they could hear the heartbeats of everybody. And they're like, fuck this. They just bust down the door, and they bust right through the windows. And it says, and we would, and then it's this vampire guy still talking. We'd just kill everybody, and they're pretty much, and that's where it ends. Like, they're jumping through the windows, and they're about to fuck everybody up. Oh, wow. And that's kind of where it ended. It's pretty good. I think it's going to be a good story, too. I think it's got... What do you, I, what do you give it? What's I, your rating? I gave it a 7.5 because it the, the the story moved, but not a lot happened. But, yeah. But it needed to happen so that, you know, everything could be put in place with what's going to happen. Nice. So it's a... All right. It's pretty good for uh, fucking Old Man Logan. Old Man Logan, 24. Jeff Lemire's final issue of Old Man Logan. He did a great run it of it. Brings a tear to my eye. It's a little sad to say. I think we need to have a moment of silence was for it. Was that two years, huh? About two years? Um, No, was it? 24 was issues, one a month. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> so, yeah, maybe you're right. Well, it feels like this book was bi-weekly. But I guess it was monthly, wasn't it? Yeah, it wasn't every two weeks. Um, Past Lives. Oh, we do a Issue 24 silence? of Logan. Moment of silence for Jeff Lemire's. Kyle ruined it. He's laughing. <laughs> Fucker, fucking dick. Um, uh, I just want to thank Jeff if he listens to this, which probably won't because we're nobodies. But um, <laughs> you know this. I've loved this run, and I I said it to him on Twitter that it's a fantastic run. He brought an awesome finish to the book. Fucking killed it, Jeff. Um, I'm a little worried to read going forward. Because it was, it's been such. It's one of my, one of my favorite runs. Well, even when Bendis did, it was awesome. Yeah. Rolling into Lemire, it stayed awesome. Like how many, how many times does that usually happen? Right, and now I'm worried that it's going to tank, and I don't really want. I might just let you. I might just let you read the next couple issues and talk about them, 
and then decide we'll if I want to keep going because I don't want to ruin how good this book was. Yeah, this was. I mean, he. It kind of reminded me a sense of like the last issue of Batman that Snyder wrote. Yes. Like it, it, it gave me that kind of feel to it. Like yeah, I don't want to give it away right now, but it was like kind of the same thing. Like Logan had like the day, the perfect day. He had everything he wanted. Yes, he, he had, had everything he, he wanted. Had back. The perfect day. So it picks up. Well, if you remember when the last time we reviewed it, Logan was had that amulet. He was jumping through time, and he finally landed at home, and he smashed the amulet. So, um, he it, it opens up with he's like, I don't want to open my eyes and find out it's not real, and he opens his eyes and his wife's there in bed next to him, and she's kind of like, What got into you last night? And Logan's like, I just missed you, I guess. And he goes to the table and. His daughter's sitting there working on something with glue, and his wife tells her to put it away. And she's like, morning, pa. And Wolverine's like, what, Scotty, you can't say good morning to your pa? And Scotty's like, morning. And he starts talking about going to to do work out on the farm. And they're working on fixing the the tractor and and everything. And um, he was like, like, I don't know, pa. The whole engine block is pretty rusted out. I think we might need a new one. And it's like, there's always a way to fix things, Scotty. Always a way to fix things. And he's kind of talking to Scotty, and he's uh, kind of realizing, he's like, I came back for the Banner's grandkid, but I ended up getting so much more. And that's when I make up my mind. In this instance, I'm done questioning things. I'm done looking for flaws. This is real, and I'm going to enjoy every last second of it. I'm here. I'm home. And then um, things start going crazy in the past with Osmodeus in all of the villains that are trying to buy Logan's body are trying to back out of the fight or back out of the, the deal and busting through the window comes Iceman looking like Logan. Right. I thought that was fucking cool. <laughs> he's got the sideburns and claws and everything. He's like looking like Logan. And he, he remembered from Logan in the past telling mm-hmm. him, Hey, on this date and time, go, go here and find my body. And he brings Jean gray with him. And Jean gray is trying to, to reach Logan. And she's like, he's still in there. I can feel him. He's very, very faint. And she's trying to leash her Logan. Then it cuts back to um, Logan on the farm. And Logan's kind of like, what's up with you today, Scotty? And Scotty's like, nothing. And he's like, don't give me that. You're acting quite uh, quiet, acting like a, a broody teenager. He's like, I'm not. He's like, and you're not acting all normal. He's like, you don't remember what today is. And he's like, points to his daughter riding the horse. And he's like, Jade, did she was born to ride? And Logan's like, she sure is. And Scotty's kind of like, Paul, shouldn't uh, be her? Paul, she shouldn't be out there. I've been trying to tell you, today is payment day. They're coming. And he tells everyone to get back inside. And the the Hulk grandson show up, demanding payment. And Wolverine's like, I don't have your payment. I'll I'll take things to town tomorrow to get your payment. And he's like, you remember what happens when you don't pay on time? And Wolverine's like, that's it. I'm gonna kill him. He's like, I'm going to kill him right here. He's like, mm-hmm. this is where I finally change things. I just have to pop my claws and gut these big green assholes right here. And then we're, and it's all the difference. Marine, uh, Marine, Jade, and Scotty don't die. But he can't do it. He can't retract his claws for, or he can't pop his claws for some reason. So then the Hulk start to beat him up. You might need a Viagra. Yeah. Start to beat him up and then take off. And he's like, we'll be back tomorrow, run. Um, and Wolverine's like, I may have them back, but now I'm going to have to watch them all die all over again. And it cuts back to, to Gene trying to save him. And Bobby's fucking around with Osmond Deus, and Gene's like, shush, quiet, Bobby, I need to think. And it cut, she's like, I need to find him. And it cuts back to Wolverine sitting on the porch, and his son's kind of like, wow, you pretty, pretty much got your ass whooped. 
He's like, don't worry about me. He's like, I can take a beating. And uh, his daughter comes out and his, his daughter comes out and his daughter's like, here, I fixed your pretty necklace. And he's like the amulet. And um, he's like, and here it is, my choice. I take that back and I leave this place. I leave them. He's like, or I stay and I lose them. And he basically tells him, he gives them all, and he's like, it ain't no choice at all, really. He's like, give me a hug, Jade, a big one. And he gives his daughter a giant hug. He's like, I love you, Jade. I love you so much. She's like, I love you too, Pa. And he does the same thing to his wife and his son. And he's like, one day soon I will come home and find them dead. But not today. Today they're alive. He's like, and this, this has been the best day of my life. And he grabs the amulet, and then Wolverine currently wakes up gasping. And, uh... Bobby's like, Logan, are you okay? And everyone's talking to him. And she's like, I, and Gene's like, Logan. And Logan says, I'm okay, Gene. I'm better than okay, actually. He's like, you remembered Ice Pick. I'm not just, I'm not just a pretty face, you know, Logan. What should we do with this dirt bag? And Logan's like, toss him back in the hole I found him in. And Ice was like, hey, where are you going? He's like, for a walk. Catch you guys back at the mansion. I need some air. And it shows him walking to the pier. And he says... Spent the last year running around trying to find a way back home. And when I wasn't doing that, I was trying to forget how, uh, who I was and what happened to me. I was trying to forget them because remember, remembering the world... Uh, uh, I was trying to forget them because to remember them would mean feeling the pain all over again. The pain took over. It blocked everything else out. It made me forget the good stuff. It made me forget the way Marine always seemed to wake up just before me as if she was waiting for me. Uh, made me forget the way Scotty always knew what tools I needed and couldn't wait to get his hands dirty on some projects or an, or another out on the farm. Made me forget how Jade's breath felt warm on my neck when she hugged me. The past will always be with me, but my life is here. My life is now, and maybe it's time I start living again. And he throws his amulet in the water, and as the shadow of the water, it shows him, his wife, holding his daughter and his son as he walks away. And it says the end. And it's dedicated to Mark Millar and Steve McNiven with gratitude and respect. Yep, that's a fucking. It was a great issue. It was a great final issue. I give it a ten. It was awesome. I give it a ten. It was a great final issue. It was a great way to end the story. It was allowing Wolverine to get his closure, or Old Man Logan to get his closure. And now it was a great. Um, it was a great way to end his run. And now you know. This is the definitive end of this run, and the next run starts something new, and that's kind of like where I'm. I'm perplexed to just jump off, and and say it's been perfect. This this final issue was a masterpiece. It was the closure Logan needed. It was the final chapter of his story of Old Man Logan, and that's where I want to leave it. But I don't know. Maybe the next guy will do a good job. I'm gonna, like I said, let you read the next couple issues, and then uh, I'll give it a try. I'll huh. decide if I want to keep reading or not, but. Right now, it's it's the perfect end, so I think that's where I'm going to leave it. <laughs> that's a good place to end, to, oh. to end it. <laughs> but, all right, so that'll do it for this week's episode of the Absolute Geek Podcast. What did you give Old Man Logan? I gave it a 9.8. I'm giving it a 10. It was a masterpiece. It was great. It was awesome. So that'll, yeah, again, that'll do it for this week's episode of the Absolute Geek Podcast. I'm Matt. And I'm Kyle. So remember to support your local comic shops. And keep your your books bagged and boarded. And we will see you. Don't be a savage. Next time. Next time.